This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. For another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Billy Mully, and today I'm joined by Stephen Day, Jamie Castle, and Dylan Bundia. We're going to be looking back to Millwall and Derby away as we pick up four points with a game at the Den perhaps being one of our best away performances in, in recent memory. We also look ahead to the clash with Hull at the weekend and with the Tigers in not the best form, we look ahead to what we can sort of expect from that game. First of all, we'll go back to the Millwall game on the Saturday. 2-0 win, and I spoke to a mate that was covering the game in the press box, and he said about how amazing the looted support was. So a credit to the few of us that were there, me, Stephen and Jamie. Not so much Dylan, he didn't turn up, but... <laughs> I've got no leg to stand on because it was my first away game of the season. But how how brilliant is it to, to go to the Den and win all three points in that kind of fashion? Oh, absolutely buzzing. It was, um, it, yeah, fantastic. And like like you say, it was, it was your first away for a while. So it's um, just to make sure that that is not, that is not your last for, for a while. Um, yeah, all round, unreal performance, unreal support. It was the... The first away that you really thought, yeah, we're back now. Uh, been to a few aways since the start of the season and that they've been good, but Millwall was just a, a class above. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was it was immense. And I was saying, I've, I've been saying all this week, you just couldn't get a, a better away day, really. Like, away day in London, in the pub by, like, you know, 12 o'clock pretty much. Game was just brilliant. Fans, fa- yeah, watching the scum lose on TV as well. Atmosphere was brilliant in the pub and in the ground, and it was just, I mean, beating Mill away from home as well is is brilliant in itself. And then just the whole day experience as well. It was just 
you don't get much better days away days than that really and it was nice not to have like a three-hour journey home as well that's a good point and when we usually speak about Millwall it's all about tight games and making sure that we don't concede first and prepare yourself for a gritty game but opening and scoring after 10 minutes Dylan how, how good was that to see and how much do you think that helped in terms of going on and, and progressing like we did it was great I mean um, you know Cornick is is um, he hit another level in terms of how clinical he was and, and to, for me it's no surprise that both of his goals were, were first time finishes I think I think all of his goals bar one, which was the, the last one against Coventry, have been first-time finishes. And with, with Harry, it's you feel sometimes his first touch can just put him a little bit off balance and the ball can can end up in a in a place where it's not the optimal place to strike a football and score. And that can then make his finishing look worse. But, I mean, those two finishes were... I mean, if you're trying to teach someone how to play as a centre-forward and finish, I mean, that was textbook, absolutely textbook. Um so credit to him and, and, you know, you score early like that and on an away day against Millwall and it sets you up really nicely. Um, obviously, we, we like, when we last played Millwall away, I think it was uh, oh, in the season that we, in, in 2019, we lost, we went 1-0 and they lost 3-1, so you don't know. But yeah, it was, a, it was a really good away performance. And we, we defended admirably um, and another clean sheet and sort of having Sonny Bradley back well, it has been a big boost. I know when we come on to talk about Derby game, it was a mistake, but it, it generally it's been brilliant to have him back in the side. He's a composed figure, but it, we've been sort of settled on that five at the back now. And, and do you three see that continuing or do you think it's still a case of matching teams up or, or just see what happens and let Jones do what Jones does? I'd say that he's probably going to go with matching teams up, but it does seem a pretty safe bet with three at the back and our wing backs. I mean, we all, we know that Jones loves his wing backs and the way we play and the way that Bree and um, well, the rest of the defence have been performing like the last month or so, it's just been immense. So I, I see us using that quite a lot this season. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the back three probably is going to be our primary going forward. So I think yeah, Nathan is is smart enough to match teams up when needed. Um, but I think for all the the attacking players, the really exciting players that we sign in the summer, a big strength for us is is our depth at centre half. We've got some really good ball playing centre backs, Nathan and Lockyer, who were fantastic in that wide centre back position. Um, and then it allows the likes of James Brian and Bell to, to, to get forward and, and in, in, in wing-backs, of course, they're, they're good defensively, but they're even better going forward. So it gives them the licence to, to, to get forward. Um, so I think, yeah, the back three is, is, is going to be, be the, the main one going forward. And I think it even gives us the ability to go two up top. I think it's, apart from the diamond, it's hard to get a, a set up a two up top without going to a back three. Um, and I think Cornick's so much better down the middle alongside Eli rather than sort of stuck out on that wing. Um, so I think it's the best of both worlds. And just a just word on Cornick, I'm, I'm delighted for him. I, I can't remember if I um, said on a pod or offline to you guys that he's, he was just a confidence player. And that's what he is right now. Last season, he would have taken that touch. But this year, he's, he's got confidence in, in abundance. And he's, yeah, he's 
doing absolutely brilliant. Uh, on on the Cornick bit there as well, that second finish, um, just that is, I, I think as Dylan said or someone said, um, you, that's what you teach, and I, I just the I can't understate or can't I can't really put into words how brilliant that finish was. Like it was just kind of simple. It's what you expect from a striker, is what you expect, but to see Harry do it first time shot confidence as as Jamie just said and it was I mean to put it that that um far away from the keeper as well it just it just shows how good he can be and as Jamie said as well like I'm I'm delighted for him as well and it just was a brilliant brilliant finish and if he carries that on it's gonna be a good season for him him on a bit of a pedestal after we've been speaking recently about how good he has been um, perhaps going under the radar a little bit with his performances but I think that was a performance and two goals that really puts him on on par with some of the championships best already this season in terms of what he's contributing not just the goals and the assists but his overall output we'll go on to another player Pelly Ruddock came back into the side and it was a, a Pelly Ruddock performance, wasn't it? Full of energy, full of grit, determination, quality on the ball as well. It really was a good performance after um, coming back from injury and, and using the international break to recover. So do you think that our midfield will consistently change over, over the this season? Is it going to be sort of finding the combination and then sticking with it? Or do you think it will just keep on changing as players impress Jones I think rotation is key um, I think a, a lot has been said publicly the last couple of weeks regards to Nathan style of play this season and I think the midfield and the forward line is key to that um, so I think rotation is absolutely vital yeah so it's all about energy levels uh, you know in the, in the championship when you've got three game weeks you have to rotate although um, you know Pelly tends to play every match 19 he can go 90 90 90 so he can do that uh, perfectly fine um, but yeah look you know it's a long season there's a lot of games as, as Jamie just said you know the style of play is very physically demanding it's all about winning duels it's all about picking seconds so um, it will change but you know what we've got is is we've heard this word a million times now since the summer but we've got real athletes Campbell Ray's come back been excellent not quite an athlete but done done brilliant um, I think he I think he won he won three headers in the first minute against Millwall and that just kind of summed up why he was on the pitch um, and then Lansbury came on and we'll move on to Derby and, and when he came on against Derby absolutely was fantastic and is a bit different so you know it's all about game by game how do we react to the opposition who's who's physically ready as well and we'll go on to the Derby game because it was a difficult test it was but in terms of positives there were still plenty of positives to take performance levels weren't there I think there was a spell within sort of the first 15 minutes where we looked like prime Brazil knocking the ball around but that was quite short-lived and it was it was a game where we eventually had to win our battles and that's how we emerged victorious I think what Jones done with in, ter in terms of the substitutions he made and in terms of when he made them was, was brilliant and I think that was key to how we started to get on the front foot and, and win those battles. But we'll go back to the start and, and perhaps why, Dylan, were we allowing them so much space? And, and do you think that comes down to fitness or do you think that was more of a tactical situation? 
No, I think I think as as Jones said, post match there was psychologically slash physically a little bit we were a bit off it. You know what what we do well is is we get onto people's first touches. We we put them under pressure. We don't allow them to dictate. And in the first half, we allowed them to dictate. You know, we didn't get close enough to them. When the ball went in the air, we didn't win it. When we didn't win it, we didn't get the seconds. And all the basic stuff that that Jones spoke about after the game that we we have kind of we build our game around. We didn't do it well enough in in the in the first half, especially. Um, but also tactically as well, we were struggling a little bit with um, their wide rotation. So sometimes Shinny was who's a central midfielder was going out to the left, Buchanan high. The left back Buchanan was then pinning Bree uh, backwards, and we were just struggling a little bit with that. But I think actually mo- mo- a lot of it was just we weren't winning our battles, we weren't getting the second balls, we weren't then able to build attacks and and control the game. Um, so yeah, bringing on Musque and and on your dinner on thirty minutes was just all about power pace. Also, then Musque can get closer to to Adebayo as well. But um, but yeah, it was. I don't think it was a huge. There were huge tactical problems. I think it was just we didn't do the basics well enough. And I think NJ said that he went mental at halftime, um, which was, they probably deserved it because it was you know we didn't do the things that we we have to do right if we're going to win games. I think it's deserving that he did go mental, but I think um, I think I heard that when we were 4-0 up against Coventry, also meant mental. So it's quite hard to predict what kind of Nathan Jones is about. But we'll, we'll go on to Bradley. Um, obviously, when he's come back in the side, it was three clean sheets and it was ultimately his mistake. Well, we say his mistake. I still don't think he should have been given the ball in that position, but he did get dispossessed and that did lead to the first goal. So do you think that's... Well, I, I personally don't think it's anything to panic about, but sort of those suicide balls into the middle, that shouldn't be happening, should it? I go on, go on, Steve. I, I don't I don't think they shouldn't be happening. It's just sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's it's for me it's how we play and sometimes we'll go long, sometimes we'll pass it through the middle and Bradley's the sort of player that you can trust for that. And I don't think it's worrying that that happened on Tuesday night. Um, I think it was just a one-off mistake, really. And it just kind of showed how we were performing in that first half. Obviously, I know the goal came quite early, but it it showed that we weren't doing the basics right. Maybe someone didn't shout man on to... Bradley, which is like you know a very basic thing, and that he should be aware as well of of who's around him. But it's just, yeah, I think it just showed that we just weren't doing the basics right, and it's nothing to worry about. Just need to make sure we're on it from the start every game. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's just a mistake. It happens. I mean, like you were saying, Billy, we looked like prime Brazil in, in in one phase of play where we went from front to back, and it was just like wow. And, and, and that's the positives of playing that way. Um, Nathan said we, we, we've not conceded from that sort of position for, for ages. So it's happened. Let's, yeah, let's just move on, I think. The way I see it kind of is like, that's how I expect us to concede on Graham Jones, but not under Nathan Jones. Yeah, that's a fair enough comment. And Dylan, I'll come to you about Musque and Onyedinma because I know what you've you've said about Musque in the past and 
when they came on, what do you think changed? Because sort of the dynamic of the game, I think we can all agree on, did change. Is it the fact that they've got a point to prove? Is it their athleticism? Was it a combination of them both? Or is there any other underlying factors that you feel that sort of helped that momentum change, if, if we can call it that? Um, well, it's a mixture, I think, of physically they helped us. Um, because when you take off Jordan Clark and replace him with Musque, that's, you know, you're bringing on a lot more pace and power, some different attributes who can then do the things that we weren't doing well enough, which is stepping onto them and then winning and then playing off Elijah. Uh, and then obviously, tactically, you take off Naismith and have a, and go to a back four, move Cornick to the right, Onyedima to the left. That then stretches them a bit more because um, I feel like what was happening was we were probably a little bit too, well, we weren't keeping the ball well enough. We weren't doing the basics, but then we were going into Elijah and there was only Harrenick who was then getting around Elijah. But suddenly then we were playing into Elijah after we brought Musque and Onyedinma on and suddenly we had three bodies around Elijah in Cornick, Musque and, and Onyedinma. So suddenly then we're much more of a threat going forward. We can, even if Elijah doesn't win the first ball, it's fine because then there's someone there to collect the seconds and then we can build an attack. So I think um, physically they helped us, but also tactically we stretched their back line a little bit more um, and, and if you're thinking about Derby's back line, you know, they had Jagielka and Curtis Davis through the middle, who are two fantastic, uh, you know, experienced centre-halves. Then they had young Lee Buchanan at left-back and Nathan Byrne, who's very experienced as well, good right-back. But in that back four, who do you want to target? Do you want to target Curtis Davis and Phil Jagielka with Cornick and Elijah a bit narrower? Or do you want to stretch them out and isolate, especially Buchanan? He's a good left-back, but he's probably the one that you want to have a look at. And, and can we then with Cornick wide on your dim wide, stretch them and then isolate them, which then gives more space for Elijah through the middle against Davis and, and Jagielka as well. So it's a mixture for me, physically and, and tactically, they helped us. I think it's it's quite right that we point out that Derby are actually a, a very strong side in this division. The, the way they move the ball around, I think that they lack a little bit of directness. I think what we've seen with Ravel Morrison, he, he could have tried to split our defence, but they, they sort of turn back round and have a sort of possession-based style similar to what we've seen with Swansea this year. But um, they've got the players there, I think, to, to really hurt teams this year. And I think that's credit to Wayne Rooney in, in how he's recruited. Um, I think what we've seen with them as well is that they're, they're a team that have sort of got the experienced players that perhaps are at that final shot of, of championship football. I think Curtis Davis re-signing as well. He's one of those players. Jagielka as well. I can't see him sort of playing at this level for much longer, but they're, they're fully operating side. And I think credit to Wayne Rooney and what he's done there, because in total honesty, I didn't think he'd, he'd do a good job there and, and get sort of his team playing that kind of football. And do you think though that the, the, the fact that we actually got a result out of this game in terms of, not being at our best when it comes to performance. Do you think that sort of says a lot about our character and what we can come to expect this season? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if, if that was a West Brom performance or a Fulham performance, you'd be saying, oh, that, that's that's what wins titles. Um, so, yeah, ab absolutely. To, to not, be at, not be at our best. And, and by the way, like, OK, we weren't great first half, but Derby didn't really have too, too many chances for, 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 for how bad we were. Um, 
and the second half, we probably deserved to go on and win it. I mean, if if that mistake wasn't made for the for Derby second, we probably would have won it. So, yeah, no, no concerns for me. Um, it, it really shows the sort of side that we are becoming now. I I was going to say as well that last season, season before that, those are the sorts of games where we would have been very lucky to have got a point out of, let alone not just roll over and give up. And I'd say, again, under Graham Jones, we'd lost that game, might not have beaten Millwall, probably would have drawn or lost. And it just shows that what Nathan Jones has done with this team and how good we look. And it's just, I'm so pleased that we can not do the basics in the first half of a game and not roll over and die like we usually did. I know Birmingham happened, but this league is going mental this year. So, um, yeah. Even if you just forget about Graham for a second, even under Nathan Jones, look back to last year, Cardiff away 4-0. We were awful first half. Yeah, yeah. First goal went in early and we absolutely folded. We completely just exploded and lost 4-0. And that... So that first half of Derby was very similar to, to like like that against Cardiff, but you know you know what? Let's let's not let's not let, let in a second. Let's at worst let, let's keep it at one nil, and then and then let's go from there. And I feel like it was a bit of a coming of age for Nathan as well. In fact, that he reacted early. I think before he might have kept with the back three to half time, and and that that might have meant it would have been two nil. Um, so I think it sh- it shows how how Nathan is is sort of like in terms of his tactical ability and, and his sort of team management he, he's he's really growing as well definitely and we'll come now to Hull City which is on Saturday big return to the Kenny after a fair amount of time away what can we come to expect from Hull Dylan? because what we've seen last night was a team that lost to a side that haven't picked up a point all season so is it really that bad at whole at the moment and does that scare you when a team's in bad form I think I think with Hull is I haven't watched a whole load of them this season but it, it seems like they're having very similar problems to the problems they were having when they got relegated two two seasons ago or whatever um in terms of them they're probably I hesitate in saying this because I think I've said it before. I'm going to end up on the whole city podcast <laughs> when we lose. Um, but they're they're very beatable. They're very beatable. Um, so you know, I think you know, they've got a few threats. They've got Keen Lewis Potter, who's a huge talent. Uh, Malik Wilkes is a very very good player. There was interest, I think, from Bundesliga clubs or, or something in in the summer. I'm not quite sure though. Um, look, it's the championship, and as Stephen said, you know, it's a crazy league. Crazy things happen. But I think on the back of four points in two games, Saturday, Tuesday away, we can definitely get three points on Saturday and get seven out of nine. And that is the perfect three game week. Um, so, you know, I think they've got they've got a few they've got a few threats. They've got Tom Huddleston, who's obviously very experienced. But and I again, I hesitate in saying this and I apologize to, to Hull fans, but I think they're they're quite they're quite beatable. And I think, you know, we can really be licking our lips and thinking seven out of nine points for three game week. Certainly that. And I think what I've seen today is that they've picked up 15 points in the championship from a possible 99. And that's including their, their dreadful one in 1920. So 
when it comes to the championship, there's there's obviously something that, that's not going right with them. But as Dylan said, they they do have talents. Keen Lewis Potter, George Honeyman as well. It was a consistent source of chances in League One and, and was excellent for them. Malik Wilkes as well, who, who scored a bag full of goals last year. Perhaps missing that striker, championship level striker. I know McGuinness has, has scored a couple, but perhaps not good enough this season. Uh, defensively, they've got some talents coming through, but at the same time, it's perhaps not as good as, as what we've come to expect from a championship side. I think with Hull as well, McCann is in a very difficult position, which I think makes Saturday that little bit more difficult for us. He's going to be very, very eager to at least get something from the game and he won't be viewing Luton as a winnable game by any means because of how, how well we've been doing in recent times. But it's the championship and, and anything can happen and we rightfully start as favourites, but you can't take anything for granted. And I think we can expect a, a spirited, at least, whole City performance. Absolutely, and, and, and they'll they'll come come to us and frustrate us, and and, and probably play a low block. And I think it's a sort of game that we need right now. I think it's a sort of game where the onus is on us to really attack the opposition, try and break down a, a, a sort of a, a low block, sort of a bit a back four, back five. I think it's the sort of game now where we can really put a marker in the in, in the ground now, where we are Luton Town, we're a Championship side fighting for playoffs. Forget all this. Teams like Luton, teams like Hull, like ultimately we're a side fighting for the playoffs, playing a side in the bottom three, and we really now need to to put a marker down. And you know what? That 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 sixth place spot, we're going for it, and and, and that, that's what we want. So we, we it, it's a, a good a good chance for us on Saturday. Definitely that. And one player that will be returning is George Moncur. And I think we're all thankful that it's not going to be a midweek fixture under the lights because that's where he seems to thrive. When you think back to his, his Portsmouth winner and, well, actually, to be fair, his, his Wigan one was still under the lights, but that was on a Saturday. So thankfully, we're not that kind of time yet. It'll still hopefully be a little bit light, so he might not be at his best, but he's, a, he's still a player that we know that can can make things happen, perhaps goes missing during games a little bit, but when he does get the ball, he provides attacking threat and probably more likely to see him off from the bench, but it's still a, still a threat at the end of the day, and I think that's someone that will have to be ensure that doesn't score because we know what it's like when an old player scores against us. It's not a very nice feeling whatsoever. Let's just hope that he, he, that he doesn't score one of those uh, Daniel Farker acclaimed once-in-a-lifetime goals, eh? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we're hoping it's not going to be the happiest of returns for Monker, but of course an excellent servant for the club. Last thing that we'll come to is score predictions, and I'll come to you first, Stephen. 2-0. Jamie? Yeah, same here. One each half, 2 now. And Dylan? Uh, a bit of variety, I'll go 3-0. <laughs> I'm going to go for 3-1, although in the predictions league that we've got, I think you both probably all noticed that I get two bites of the cherry because I do one from the Oak Road Hatter account. <laughs> do a different one from my personal account to try and do well, but I'm still doing pretty awful, so uh, it's not helped me quite yet. But that is all we have time for today. A big thank you to you three for joining me. 
And of course, next week we'll be going through the whole fixture and looking ahead to Preston. Also, a big thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech for today's music. And until next time, goodbye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.